0: and welcome back to crimes from the east i'm your host pia and with me is um i don't know is it a ghost (laughs) is it a mortal human or an immortal booth time will tell it's a demon for now we're calling her alex
1: (laughs) hi pia (laughs) hello alex questioned your mortality recently always and always hungry for flesh For the next couple of
0: episodes, we are going to do something different. We're just going to do ooky spooky stuff because it is the season, you know. Hallows Eve and whatnot. Yeah,
1: I've been hanging out in a lot of graveyards lately.
0: Well, we don't have big graveyards in India. I mean, yes, some of the other faiths do. Hindus don't. So we don't have too many graveyards. But we do have um, cremation grounds, which are also spooky. That's where all the action happens, apparently. Yeah, that's like, what do you call it? Like club med or whatever (laughs) is the most banging club for the boots.
1: Club med. (laughs) Isn't that a resort?
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm at that age where I don't want to go to an actual like drinking loud music club. I actually want to go to a resort. I know, me too. I want want the club med. I want to go to Sandals. Um... We've reversed. The tables have turned. Alex is going to narrate. It's gonna be awesome. I'm so excited. For once I didn't write anything. I didn't write a script. It's like it's so weird for me. I'm not like stressed out and running around like a chicken with its head cut off. Um so yeah, I'm glad to hand over all of that to you, Alex, today.
1: Well, first of all, I'm really glad that you mentioned a headless chicken, because that's really good foreshadowing for today's episode. Second of all, mm. I'm absorbing the stress. I'm feeling the pressure. I have um, not really big shoes to fill, because I don't like that expression, but I have really beautiful shoes to fill and strange, strange feet. <laughs> so let's see how this goes. I'm I'm not worried.
0: <laughs> no, no, don't be worried. But before we start off all this ooky spooky... Masala masala conversations. Let's just talk about our week, how it went, anything new you do, anything exciting. Our week, Pia, we
1: have like not spoken Mm. in weeks, perhaps months. Months. It feels like a long time. Yes. I think I kind of dropped the
0: ball the last month. I just wasn't feeling it. It was so overwhelming for me. We were going on vacation and it was a big one and I had two different places to plan for, pack for and so many things to do my brain just kind of froze and i'm like i need to not do one thing and that was a podcast i was like i'm pushing that away so i can get all these like 50 other things done yeah and i finally did release last week and that was great we got a lot of listens so we still have listeners thank you
1: for hanging on guys thank you so much we appreciate you And Pia, I I mean, yeah, you have a lot of things going on, so that tracks, but I've also been hearing a lot of tell about the sun and the the planets and 5,000 retrogrades, and I think everyone's been tired, so it's just amazing that you... You went to CrimeCon, right? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. I went to CrimeCon this year. It's
0: awesome. I saw quite a few really interesting events, um, forensic pathologists, lawyers, and... Blood splatter expert from the Murdoch case. Have you heard about that one? Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. That crazy case from, I think it's Ohio. Very brand.
1: What did you do, Alex? I don't even know. (laughs) Honestly, I don't know where I've been. I've been in my own fog, and I don't have nearly as much going on as you. I'm blaming the planets fully. Um, I'm in Paris, uh, there are bed bugs everywhere apparently. Ew. So I no longer like go to public places or spaces, which makes for a really fun lifestyle for me. <laughs> I've honestly never seen them or experienced them,
0: but from whatever I'm seeing now on like Instagram and stuff with this whole. Paris situation
1: it just icks me out Mm-hmm, big time I've avoided it several times I've never gotten it so that's what, also partly why I'm worried because I feel like my time is coming um <laughs> they're coming for you but I I fully succumb to the psychosis I wake up in the middle of the night itchy and I have to check my bed I have to <gasps> like I'm just so paranoid i have basically a cloud of essential oils at my front door at all times like (laughs) i'm just really grossed out by it it's time it's
0: time just turn into bubble boy (laughs) just get a bubble live in it
1: um i have actually been visiting a lot of the graveyards in paris um which is always fun because there's some really old ones. There's one um, cemetery that's just full of cats, which I think is awesome. Oh, wait, like live cats or like cat gravestones? No, live cats. There is also a pet cemetery in Paris, which is pretty entertaining. They have some like famous dogs and like the monkey of a king and just weird stuff. Monkey of a king. It's not a bad city for Halloweeny vibes. There are better cities like Edinburgh and I think Dublin is also a good Halloween like all mm-hmm. of London is basically low key Halloween town, but Paris has got it's got some bone tunnels and stuff, so very creepy times like in the past. So I I
0: assume the vibes still exist, you know, in the city.
1: Yeah, yeah. There was one gravestone for four People who had been guillotined at one of, I mean, probably there are many more guillotined people in these graveyards, but there was one specifically marked for that, uh, which I thought was kind of metal. I wonder if people were honest back then on their gravestones. Like, you know,
0: you always write the most flowery things (laughs) after someone passes away. Like, oh, the most beautiful and helpful and kind soul. I wonder, like, are there any honest, brutally honest gravestones? Like, yeah, she was a bitch. She's dead now. (laughs) Weird. Not
1: sorry. I kind of want that to be on my gravestone. Yeah, she's a bitch. She's dead now. (laughs) We waited for this for years. Awesome.
0: I think that's how it should be. Like, be honest. You don't need to, like, make up all this flowery shit. They're dead. They don't care. And who wants to read that? It's boring. It's all the same. Every single one, one after the other. They're all, like, all flowery, nice things. Like, no, be honest. Like, mention the worst thing they've done in their
1: lives. That's what it should be the best thing and the worst thing. So you get, like, the full scope. This person volunteered at soup kitchens
0: and also kicked a cat. <laughs> so now I mean, kind soul or kind of an asshole? I mean, you decide. You decide. Oh, that
1: that that's a gravestone right there. Kind soul or kind of an asshole? Question mark.
0: <laughs> Love it. You know, at this point, I'm glad that uh, I will not have a gravestone and I will be
1: burnt to a crisp because I don't want that kind of a review. You know, under my name. And then you're going to have some, some very special demons haunting haunting you over your grave soon. I wonder what kind of boot you will become. <laughs> mm. I think I'll be like a I told you so booth, it's
0: Like the most annoying kind. I haunt everyone I care about. And when they do something stupid, you hear like coming from the ether my voice. I told you so. Don't do that. That's stupid. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do.
1: Speaking of I told you so, we need as like South Asia to stake our claim on spooky season, in particular on pumpkin spice. I sent you this and I was outraged and I think you were slightly outraged too.
0: Yes, I was so annoyed. Everything that's good in this world has been stolen by these goddamn
1: colonists. Yeah, who had nothing, nothing delicious. Just cheese, which is delicious, but like... No spice.
0: You know what? I'll give them that. I love cheese. Thank you for cheese. That's all you get. I owe you one for inventing cheese. Um, but yeah, everything else, forget it.
1: We found out that pumpkin spice is actually just chai masala, mm-hmm. essentially, which got commandeered by the Dutch who called it sp- Peculos, if anyone recognizes that. And then it just sort of morphed into pumpkin spice. It was just chai masala. With no pumpkins. With no pumpkins in No there. pumpkins. Pumpkins are not necessary. On top of that, since I like ended up doing this episode, I was trying to figure out, are there any cool, not like Halloween, Indian versions of Halloween, but like... Celebrations of the dead, or you know, rituals that involve the other side. And I found that there are a bunch of different ones, they're not necessarily spooky, essentially. But back to the Halloween thing, I saw that there is like a Bengali celebration, it's called Bhut Chatur Dashi, Bhut Chatur Dashi. and it takes place the day before Kali Puja. So it's around this time. It's a homage to 14 souls of forefathers and there's the potential to get possessed and you have to do a puja to not get possessed and you have to offer some special food and it's like it's a thing. So we're we're taking back spooky season. <laughs> So from there, I guess I can just sort of get into what I wanted to talk about today, which is demonios, demons. There's not just one word for demons, there are a lot of different types of demons.
0: And we're gonna do multi-part series, so this is
1: just part one. Take it away. So over the weekend, and this is where all of this is coming from, funnily enough, I watched It Lives Inside. Have you heard of this, Pia?
0: Yes, I saw the trailer and I was like, they did the boot thing, finally, finally. Were you happy? Were you excited about it? or I was excited. I was like, yes, okay, yeah, let's do it, representation. I mean, I would not watch it because I don't really watch these, <laughs> these horror movies anymore, but I was still excited. I was like, yeah.
1: It Lives Inside is an American supernatural horror movie that's directed by Vishal Dutta. Vishal Dutta. Bishalduta. The movie tells the story of an American high school student named Samida, or Sam, who is of East Indian origin and who ends up having to tango with a demonic spirit called a pishacha. A pisa, p, 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 pishas, oh, pishacha. pishacha.
0: Pishacha. Pishacha. It's such a funny word. It not is. Something you use <laughs> in everyday life. <laughs> And I'm sorry, but every time you're saying Pisacha, like I read through a little bit of this, and all I can think of is Pikachu.
1: Pikachu! I know. In the movie, they figured out a way to say it to make it sound scary. They call it the Pisacha. Anyways. <laughs> like uh, Ace Ventura, like Shikaka. <laughs> Pretty much. So, Samida has to tangle with a demonic spirit called a Pisacha to save her estranged. Childhood Best Friend. It did inspire me to look into the world of subcontinent spooky stuff. Uh, So I found the rabbit hole, I went down it, and I thought we could talk demons, ghosts, and monsters for the next couple of episodes to give spooky season a little masala and spice. Mm. So I found this book called Ghosts, Monsters, and Demons of India by Rakesh Khanna and Bera Fursifer. Which is just like a like a dictionary of ghost demons and monsters from India. it's really cool. It has all of these like wood cutting drawings depicting the different things. and it's, it's really cool. You can find it on Amazon, I think um, if anyone wants to get really into it. But I, I'm sure that this isn't like the mainstream or depending on where you're from, you wouldn't necessarily have heard of certain demons or ghosts or things. So I was wondering what you grew up with, Pia, actually.
0: Uh, we really never talked about this as a family. I think we've just stayed away from anything negative and especially all this booth parade stuff like... Which is ghost stuff, basically. No ghost stories. My family didn't really believe in it. They were more science-based and fact-based and logical. And these things were just not entertained. Of course, as kids, like you talk with your friends in school and whatnot. And everybody has, oh, that scary story. That's gonna, you know, yeah. knock your socks off. And we would share these kind of spooky stories with each other. But it was never with, like, full belief. It was more like entertainment to just be thrilled in that moment. And then you forget about it until you have to walk up a dark flight of stairs. Right. And then you're like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's behind me. Run. <laughs> you know, and the hair is standing at the back of your neck. And you're like, oh, my God, the ghost's going to get me. But yeah, apart from that, never really dwelled on it, never really looked into it too much. And I'm the same way even now. We don't fully know what's real and what's not. So I don't like to kind of poke the hornet's nest, so to speak, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Totally. I stay away from them and they stay away from me. That's great. You know, if they <laughs> exist, you know, like just like uh, Mariah Carey said, I don't know her. So <laughs> that's my answer. But the term pishacha, I have heard that because, I mean, I think it's a Sanskrit word, pishacha. So yeah. I knew of it. It's just not very commonly used People just say boot, although I'm learning that there are different kinds. And I think that's what you're going to explain to us over the next couple of episodes how there are different entities. Yeah. We just call them boot, boot as in ghost. Everything is boot.
1: <laughs> so I'm more confused coming out of this than I was going into it. Like, I don't really know what is the difference between a boot and a Vithala and uh, like there are certain ghosts that are just from dead people and then there are ghosts that are actually evil spirits and then there are ghosts that are kind of demons and how do you define these things? not (laughs) not something I'm going to attempt to do. But anyways uh we can get into some pretty i think solidly demonic demons um starting with the one the pish- pishacha pish- pishacha i w- just will never be able to say this word pishacha pishacha um f- from as as depicted in it lives inside okay um so pishachas are actually a class of demons So it's not just like one specific demon. It's a type of demon, which hail from both Hindu and Buddhist mythology. And they appear throughout South and Southeast Asia. I saw that there are actually movies about these these creatures as a horror element. Even in Thailand, they have pisayas, which comes from the same thing. They are goblin-like, little hunched-over with black, iron-like skin and bulging eyes. They have long, razor-sharp claws on their sometimes more than five-fingered hands. More than five-fingered hands? They are rather fashionable for a shape-shifting and sometimes entirely invisible entity. Said to don dead rats for earrings, dead lizards for crowns, Dead mongoose, mongooses, for pendants. Gross. It's a whole taxidermy fashion scene.
0: Death couture or what? Like taxidermy
1: (gasps) couture. Yeah, I like it. (laughs) Death couture. (laughs) Death couture. Damn. When they aren't shape-shifting or being invisible, they do sometimes possess people via the mouth and drive them mad or cause them grave illness.
0: It behaves more like a virus, possibly, potentially.
1: Yeah, I think like it matches pretty closely up until that point, the like Judeo-Christian version of a demon, which is just like this evil force that can take over your body. Does it make you say like rude
0: things like we saw in The Exorcist?
1: To be honest, I'm sure it does. The thing with these guys, there's like hundreds of instances and these demons are built to fit whatever the strange situation that arises that they need to fit. So if someone's being weird and saying things that people don't like, people are going to say, oh, it's the Pishasha.
0: Your mother buys single-use water bottles just (laughs) to drink water every day.
1: (laughs) You know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Your father doesn't have a butt. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, let's, let's hear more about these pisachas.
1: Yeah, so uh, there are a lot of different depictions and accounts of pisachas in myths and epics, including the Mahabharata, mm-hmm. which states that they were created by Brahma. Sometimes they appear as the henchmen of greater demons and evil forces. Um, I saw like one story where it was the sidekick to this demon called Ghatotkach. Ghatot uh,
0: this is getting a little clearer for me. Like I told you, Pishacha is not like a very common word used all over the country a lot. So I only knew of it like in passing. Hmm. But what you're describing, and now that you've mentioned the Mahabharat and Ghatotkach, I know of them as Danavs. So that's the word that I was more familiar with, which is Danav or Asuras. Now, I don't know if they are exactly the same thing.
1: Basically, the way I've understood is that they belong to this Hindu-like orthodox pantheon. So the stories involving Brahma and this world of gods, that's where they become. And they are under the umbrella of Asuras, which are demons. And then there are different, like, types of demons. You have the Rakshasas? Rakshas. rakshas different kinds and like the thing that this book tries to avoid but which is sort of inevitable especially in this pantheon is that there is a also a relationship to the caste system so there's like a caste system among demons which is an extension of the human caste system and so there's this whole caste part of it which we're just not gonna even think about because yuck I remember this one particular story in my fifth grade Hindi
0: textbook called Swarthi Danav the vain demon uh-huh there was a story like that about this demon who was so vain and i guess he gets redemption in the end but i don't know why would you even tell little kids stories like this to begin with
1: you find them in like uh old sanskrit literature but you also see more recent re- recountings of them where they haunt cremation grounds with the boots Um, with like the, there's like a version of a vampire that also hangs out in cremation grounds. They're all there hanging out, having fun. Um, and what they do is they feed on human energy and their favorite flavors being bad vibes and insanity. Their whole personality is evil. There was a mention of how they're really into sadistic sex and violence and they just want to torture people and get all the bad vibes that they can. And in the movie, they talk about how they do this to tenderize the soul before they consume it. And they can be warded off using certain mantras and by doing offerings to them during pujas. That's simple enough. Their presence is very evil, and there's nothing like they're not bringing any wisdom, or you don't want them around, but they yeah, are like. You don't want them around. A necessary explanation for the evil in the world, at the very least. Right. So they're like
0: the lowest vibration beings or entities in this whole lineup (laughs) of demons. They're like the lowest denominator, the most basic, like devoid of intellectual um, redemption, basically. Right? They're just here to create chaos. That's it.
1: If you think of demons as like uh, the mind needing to rationalize why bad things happen with no apparent other reason, no upswing, no silver lining, it's right. pishasas. Okay. So one interesting thing that I found with like a weird historical side explanation for the pishasas is that they are said to have their own language which is called Pishache or Pishachi, Mm -hmm. this language is thought to maybe have actually existed. The sort of inference about this, the implication is that maybe the existence of the supernatural creature in Sanskrit literature derives from actually a racist portrayal of a real human ethnic group, likely a tribal people from the Kashmir foothills or from Central India, so it's another like way we're putting like this supernatural sort of magical concept. Where did it actually come from in the real world? Racism! Yay!
0: That's not too far fetched at all. No, I would believe it that the Vedic cultures or Vedic civilizations may have made up these horrific mm-hmm. superstitions or this entire mythology around. Uh, Tribal group, which were were and still are, <laughs> you know, categorically prejudiced. What's the word? Discriminated. Discriminated. Against. Hmm. They weren't accepted as part of their society. They weren't integrated in any way. They weren't. They were hardly tolerated. Totally possible that this is all just. A terrible, terrible form of racism to prevent any sort of integration, even in future generations. Because if you teach your kids that these are goddamn demons, Mm -hmm. they're not going to go near them. They're not going to even try to look upon them as equals or people just like them. Right. These are demons. That's that's a horrific possibility.
1: Yeah, so those are pishasas, and and they, like I mentioned, they fall under the category of asuras, which are more or less the demons of the Sanskrit literature pantheon, I guess, or the Vedic traditions, maybe you could say. And there are many different kinds, and they serve lots of different purposes. And as we mentioned, it's just kind of confusing because there are gods who have demons on their team who are, you know, good gods like Kali and Shiva. Like they hang out with demons mostly, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, same thing. That
0: um, clear dichotomy doesn't have to exist. Right. Like It can be blended. They're not all evil. They just serve a purpose. And those purposes are sacred and revered as well. Mm-hmm. So Kali, Shiva... Part of the destructive cycle of life in the universe, right? like you need that you need that to create life. so that is acknowledged and and sacred as well. so yeah, I mean coming from a Western perspective, it might not make sense, but if you grew up in this culture, it does kind of make sense like, yeah, of course, you don't want to be next to demons and invite them into your home and whatnot, but you know that they exist. They have, a re- they have a purpose, and all you can do is kind of fight it and to keep them away from you. That's it.
1: Well, since there are so many different cultures with their own religions and traditions and languages in this part of the world, obviously there is also going to be entirely different, separate, and unrelated pantheons of gods and demons. There is a group of tribal languages in East and Central India known as the Munda languages. I was looking at the DNA studies of
0: tribals in India and their ancestors made it all the way over to Japan and Australia. So they still have links, DNA links to these different haplogroups or ethnic groups um, in indigenous people all over the world.
1: And I saw that the root of the language has nothing to do with like the Dravidian ones or the Indo-Aryan. It's closer in a lot of ways to like Vietnamese it has its own whole thing. So it comes, these languages and these communities have a, sh- not a shared faith, but a shared tradition of faith that's quite distinct from Hinduism. Um, and their supernatural and divine beings are called bongas. I don't know. I have no idea how to Bonga. Bongas. And they conform to their own system of morality and order. There are bongas that have taught people how to get drunk and procreate. Useful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that 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 same bonga also taught people how to like work leather and do agriculture. Basically, is like a fertility god, in a way. Yeah. Um, for the land and for the people. Uh, there are <laughs> water spirit bongas who are enamored with mm-hmm. young men and will learn lure them into whatever water that they reside in, trap them and make them their husbands. There are... Uh, what? (laughs) Yeah, those are more insidious, I guess. And they go after little boys too, which is extra creepy. Um, There are bongas who live in abandoned structures and tree stumps, and they're basically just little trolls, and, and they'll harm travelers, throw them off course and mess with them. There are some bongas that take the form of venomous snakes to attack and harm people if they feel they've been slighted or they're just in a cheeky evil mood. There are bongas of deep waters and whales, water bongas who used to be good but got bespelled by a witch and now they're evil and try to drown people. So they're even at the mercy of like a morality outside of their own, which I think is... Interesting. Like, they're not permanently and intrinsically good or evil or one thing or the other. They can change. There are bongas that cause an array of illnesses in both humans and animals, from gastrointestinal problems to mental illnesses, infertility, and leprosy. Wow. So basically, whenever something happens, whenever shit goes down in the world, yeah. there's a bonga behind it. Like, there's always a bonga. <laughs> this is like.
0: The poor bongas, I feel bad for the goddamn bongas now. This is like they're scapegoating
1: them for everything, pretty much. That's what demons are. They're just like the scapegoat when when shit goes down. Yeah. It's like, don't look
0: at me. The bonga did it, you know? The bonga ate your baby. It just <laughs>
1: it's it's crazy. Poor bonga. Bonga ate your baby. That's great. Oh my god. I mean, if we
0: want to believe in this, okay, I mean, apart from it just being a philosophical concept that they came up with to categorize experiences and maybe teach uh, teach younger generations lessons or morals or ethics, if you want to just flat out literally believe in this, my take on it would be that these are interdimensional beings mm-hmm. that popped in and out <laughs> of our plane of existence. To kind of uh, guide the people along, help them evolve and progress and form a society and get out of the Neolithic era, so to speak. Like, you know, that's a theory that we have been guided along to reach this point of civilization that we are in today. Uh, So maybe these were just interdimensional goblins that came in and out and... What else would they call them but demons or gods? Because they didn't look like them. Right. They didn't behave like them. So they gave them the name of bongas. Or maybe that's what they said their name is. Me bonga, me teach you how drink tequila shot. Whatever, you know.
1: <laughs> it's just, yeah. Also interesting to me that like, Sometimes you have bungas for really big concepts, like how did everyone learn to make booze and and make babies and then you have bungas for very specific cases, like this little boy went missing and he came back and he was married, and there was a you know oh. a bunga for that is the bunga of the water who married him, trapped banga him in the water him. so there
0: is like a whole conspiracy of their being not extraterrestrial, but ultra-terrestrial, which means creatures or beings or civilization of entities that live on Earth. We just can't see them because they live either like in the core of the Earth yeah. or they live underwater. That's why we can never really see them. But they do weird things from time to time and we see the effects of it. Some call them UFOs, things rising out of the water, diving into the water, um, people going missing, things being attacked, uh, near coastlines. So who knows, there might be water bongas, and maybe they need to further their genetic line, and because they are so, they're so they, their gene pool is shrinking, so they need some humans, yeah, to add a little spice in there and they come out from time to time to abduct <laughs> people for that purpose. You know, this is this is my take on it. Like this is what I would I would be inclined to interpret it as.
1: Maybe they have their own like their own other dimensional science that to us looks like nonsense magic, but to them there's like a literally in their reality there is a a chemical physical sense to that behavior that appears yeah like nonsense to us who knows <laughs> to be a bonga who knows to bonga or not to bonga 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 yeah what i didn't really like get a grasp on and i think to to like understand you'd have to just do a focus study on is whether bongas are only demons and there's some sort of antithesis to the demon in their faith or culture or if Bongas are demons in the sense that they're like supernatural creatures that kind of create energy and mischief but also manage like things happening in the world so i don't know if they're just bad guys or if they're just kind of like yeah they're neutral guys yeah yeah
0: Supernatural entities. Yeah, they're just non-human entities. That's what they are.
1: My next demon is a pretty bad, pretty bad dude. Like, I don't think anyone wants to, I don't think anybody wants to (laughs) hang with this guy. Although some people do, but they do and they are not the nicest either. Right, 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 right. Like birds of a feather. The associates of this demon are not necessarily savory characters either. So I'm talking about the Uthelen. Uthelen. Have you ever heard? Uthelen. Uthelen. Mm-mm. Tell me about it. Uthelen is a dragon form, dragon-shaped demon from Ah. lore of Meghalaya. Mm, Instantly I'm
0: attracted to this demon dragon.
1: So the Kazi people, from what I understand, are an ethnic group of Meghalaya, which is in northeastern India. And they have significant populations in the bordering states of Assam and in certain parts of Bangladesh as well. So I think we're again talking about like a separate, like a very um, folk tradition. So Uthalen. Was the malformed and abandoned offspring of a cave and ravine goddess who liked to party. She lived, liked to drink and she liked to dance and she liked to um, have relations with other gods out of wedlock, which was, according to the myth or legend, not well seen. So her family excommunicated her and she abandoned the child that she conceived out of wedlock, which is Utelen. Mm -hmm. He was terrorizing the mountainside, gobbling up travelers. Uh, Either a hero or a god is conscripted to get rid of this evil demon. And eventually defeats Utelen, kills him. And then the people of the surrounding villages feast upon his flesh. Oh, Yeah, yeah, that's how you get rid of a problem, right? You just eat it. That's my approach anyways. (laughs) I mean, meat is meat, I guess. You know, once something's dead, why let it go to waste? Right. So it gets weird a little bit here to me because they're told to eat every scrap of his flesh. But uh, one old lady decides to take some leftovers home for her son and those leftovers become sentient. (gasps) <gasps> okay. The sentient meat tells this old lady that if she keeps it and feeds it and doesn't eat it, that it will make the old lady rich. And then eventually, the meat starts demanding blood. That means she has to actually go out and kill people to feed this demon and, and to stay wealthy. Um, and that is when... The Nongshono come into play. The Nongshono. Okay, what, so what is Nongshono? They're basically like drugged zombie assassins. Ooh. So the old lady, she brews up some rice beer, which I didn't realize is a thing. And I'm like kind of curious. I have a feeling it's not good, but...
0: I've tried it actually. Yeah? I've had a uh, rice beer or grain beer uh-huh. in Sikkim which is a state in the Northeast. So I've had it there. It was nice, very warm and comforting. I liked it. Okay. I mean, I was only 13 at that time,
1: so my dad only let me have a few (laughs) sips. (laughs) Okay, we have to go and try some. But we have to be careful because if it's been consecrated by the demon, it will turn us into entranced assassins and we will then go out and kill... And collect blood for the, the Thlen on behalf of its masters. Uh-oh. So that's what this lady did. She created a potion. She fed it to some unsuspecting people. And they turned into her killers to collect the blood.
0: Okay, so she's basically brewing bat salts and yep. creating junkies who will do anything for
1: the next hit. This is possible. This is very much possible. So this whole thing becomes like a tradition that people still believe is practiced today, Hmm. that certain families, especially the wealthy families in the town who people don't like, that they keep an evil Tlen spirit in their homes and they conscript nonchalant to do their bidding and that is how they've amassed their wealth.
0: (laughs) So it's like if you just happen to be generationally wealthy or you now have a really thriving business, you work really hard, people are still going to suspect you and be like, you're a sorcerer of sorts.
1: Especially if there are some, you know, deaths unexplained or if people start dying around you and you're wealthy, you, you should probably just leave that part of the world. Just leave the town. Yeah, yeah. Isn't
0: this exactly what, you know, everyone says about
1: Hollywood
0: and the music industry, like the Illuminati bullshit?
1: (laughs) Is that like people are drinking blood and sacrificing to demons to get their power? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly
0: what (laughs) conspiracy theorists believe, that all these powerful people on the top of like the... Movie industry, music industry, they, like, sacrifice people, drink blood or whatever. I don't know what what nonsense goes on. But, yeah, it's totally along these lines that they worship evil entities who give them power and fame in return (laughs) for um, new blood.
1: So it's this and the pumpkin spice today (laughs) that we've discovered stolen.
0: So even... (laughs) The ancient folklore of Meghalaya was not safe. It's been yeah. <laughs> nationalized. It's been <laughs> culturally appropriated <laughs> by Hollywood. Nothing is sacred anymore. Yeah.
1: So we've seen some incidents that have occurred as recently as 2013. A man was found half drowned on the banks of a river near a village called Smitp. Mm-hmm. Um, the man's relatives accused the wealthy family in town of keeping a tlen and sending a nongshono to murder the man, Oh! and this inspired a mob to gather. They proceeded to butcher three members of the wealthy family while chanting, they are nongshono, oh, witch hunts still happening.
0: See, this is the shitty part of all this, right? Like, we're enjoying reading about all this. But to some people, this is reality. They believe in it full on. Like, this is their whole life. They believe sincerely that these creatures exist and they are doing these things. And look at this nonsense. They actually ended up murdering three people who might have been completely innocent. Three people for no reason. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I don't have more details on the story, but I feel like this is something we've run into many times in our true crime episodes. Superstition taking over <laughs> and people die.
0: I'm sure it happens a lot even today in like rural India, Why, rural even suburbs, where, you know, just someone pointing a finger and it's like Salem all over again. Yeah. Uh, I have one question. What is, what is half drowned? <laughs> Yeah. did he drown from the waist down? What what does that mean? Half
1: drowned. Was he dead? Alive? I don't know. Yeah, he was it, I mean, I I feel like half drowned means he wasn't dead. So, bad work on the nongshana. No uh promotion for that nongshana. Mm-mm. A job half done. It gets really technical about how the nongshana operates and how you evade it. It has to throw enchanted rice at you and that paralyzes you and then it can kill you but if you put a piece of dirt in your mouth before it attacks you that counteracts the effect and then if you throw rice back at it then the nongshana will be deactivated and and so maybe it was just a nongshana murder gone wrong and the guy only half drowned
0: Right in front of you is this zombie assassin, you know, like yellow eyes and streaming long black hair and claws on their fingers. And what are they doing? Throwing rice at you. Fistfuls of rice and throwing it at you like, rah, rah. <laughs> and what do you have to do? Fall to the ground and stuff your mouth with mud. Tea, with mud. Can you imagine this fight in Mortal Kombat in the game?
1: Very anticlimactic. Uthlen. Yeah, so that's the Uthlen. And these little demonic uh, cronies. You have to watch out for the rice beer, I guess. Mm. I wonder if bad rice beer makes you act kind of crazy. And that's sort of where some of this comes from.
0: Like the rye that was suspected to have caused hysteria in mass in Salem. (laughs) So here it's like, uh, maybe some strain of the fermented rice is psychedelic.
1: It makes people loco.
0: You go a little Nong Nonchana, you didn't. Mm-mm. All right, you got more demons?
1: Yeah, let's talk about Dasmapa. These ones are kind of cute. Aww. They're creepy cute. They are demons that live on an uncharted island in the Indian Ocean. If a ship stumbles upon the island and the sailors or passengers come ashore, they will find various old disabled men sitting near the beach, unable to walk, which is pretty weird because hmm. you think you're on an deserted island and they're just some old old guys sitting around. Uh, That's like island people club men. You're invading their holiday. They just
0: want to relax. Yeah, they don't want to run around and cater to your whims. stupid sailors, get back on your boat. Get the f*** out.
1: Instead of doing that, these old guys Mm -hmm. will beg the visitors to carry them to the boats and away to safety. So they're acting like they're shipwrecked sailors who can't walk and they've just been waiting for someone to save them. Right, right, right. But if the unfortunate sailors happen to oblige... Mm -hmm. Once the old men have mounted their victims, their legs turn into tentacles and wrap around their bodies. What? And then they don't try to kill them. They don't try to possess them. They don't try. They try to. To ride them. Ride them <laughs> like horses.
0: I feel like I've had dreams like this, <laughs> where <laughs> I what? was the stasmapa. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Okay, I mean, that's harmless enough. Just some good, clean fun.
1: That's where it ends. As far as I could tell, they just try to ride you like a little jockey, and you're the horse.
0: Unless they're, like, not telling you exactly what's happening. Like, just, you know, wink, wink, they ride you, wink, wink, like a horse. Oh, <laughs>
1: Who knows? But (laughs) it just so happens that these strange little jockeys have a weakness for alcohol. Rice beer? So all you have to do to get rid of them is trick them into getting drunk. Mm -hmm. And these little lightweights will just fall off and you can run away. Get back on the boat. Go.
0: Nice. I mean, all in all, I'm not so opposed to these Tazma Puzz. yeah. I just want to have a good time. They're like, hey, drinks on us. Time to go Go go-karting.
1: You think you're discovering an island or you're stranded or you're looking for treasure and you just end up with these old guys with tentacle legs riding you, but then you get them drunk and they're gone and it's like, okay, go home. Call it a day.
0: You got a good story to tell people back home. They've enriched your life with (laughs) <laughs> A spectacular, unbelievable experience.
1: Okay. The next one I'm going to talk about is also more kind of in the ghost or spirit category. Again, I like I personally have not come up with my rubric for what qualifies as what, and they are called Dayam. Dayam. Okay. They appear in folk stories from Andhra Pradesh and Telangana. Mm-hmm. So while they are really more in the category of ghosts or bhut, these guys can possess creatures by entering into their bodies. And I just found this one particular folktale quite interesting about a deyam who had been feeding on livestock in a certain village and was caught by the villagers. And before he was burned to death, it managed to grab hold of a chicken. Ooh. And the way that these... These entities work is that if they scratch or grab onto another being, they can possess it. So it scratched the chicken and turned the chicken into a demon chicken. (laughs) He upgraded the chicken. It's like, would you be scared? Is it possible to be afraid of a demon chicken? I'm afraid of regular chickens. So yes, to me, yes. (laughs) I was chased
0: by a rooster when I was really young. I must have been, I don't know, three. I was chased around by this really aggressive rooster. And I felt like I was going to be killed that day. Because no one is coming to save you from a chicken, right? They're like, yeah, it's a chicken. And to me, it was like, I'm going to die. So I'm running around (laughs) with this stupid rooster chasing me. No one's really taking me seriously. Till I like had to... Like sprint for God knows how oh, long. Oh no!
1: Get rid of this <sighs> dumb rooster. So, yeah, demon ch- maybe it was the demon chicken. It was probably a demon chicken. Well, so this demon chicken laid cursed eggs, and when those cursed eggs hatched, little feathery dams came out that had human heads. Now, that to me is far more frightening than the like demon chicken itself.
0: It- Like a hybrid creature. Yeah. Mm. So far, this whole damn thing was sounding like just a rabid person who had rabies or something. And then when you scratch another creature, you give it rabies. But now they're actually hybridizing with their victims. (laughs) Hybridizing.
1: I feel like that's a fluke case for the damn too. That's not like your typical story. But So when that demon chicken was caught, they cooked and ate it. I'm not sure if they knew what they were doing mm. because then everyone who ate the chicken turned into a dam as well.
0: I mean, you are what you eat, so I'm not surprised. That makes sense. Total sense.
1: Like, does it possess you or do you die and become a dam or do you? I don't, I'm not sure. There's a whole, there's a lot of questions there.
0: That's what they're trying to say. Like, if, if you see something rabid, run. <laughs> run from it. Do not eat it.
1: Um, I have one more. I just wanted to talk a little bit about Kali hmm. because, you know, we've talked about how there's a lot of nuanced texture here just regarding what even qualifies as a demon. Right. And just really different ideas about morality and the black and whiteness of good and evil. I think Kali is an interesting example because here we have a goddess, a god figure who likes to hang out in cremation grounds. She gets drunk on blood and goes on murderous rampages. She wears skulls and severed legs as jewelry. Mm -hmm. But so we have this pretty like dark figure, but she's considered a force whose existence in the world perpetuates balance and goodness. And she's depicted as sort of the last weapon against Rakshas.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: demons, actual demons. And then not to get confusing, but her posse is consists of dakini, who are flesh-eating female demons. So she's not a demon, she fights demon, but her friends are demons. <laughs> and <it's just>
0: like...
1: <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day,
0: we only have one term to describe what is clearly a lot of different subsects. Of entities. Yeah. In English, we're calling all of them demons, but in Sanskrit, they have their own names and terminologies and their, like you said, like their own strata of where they fit into their society. If you go by that one name, that one moniker, if you just call everything demons, it seems absurd. Demons. When you use the right terminology, you'll be like, oh, okay, A plus B were together against c and d then it makes sense yeah. Then it's like okay they had their own you know they had their whole drama going on it makes sense it, it, it does make you question like if you're dark if you represent death if you hang around death like does that make you evil not in hindu belief
1: right the takeaway for me is that things can be scary but not be evil and in the the case of her demonic posse, there are dakinis of wisdom, of action. There's a lion-headed one who can overcome and subdue negative energy. There's a tantric one who's just all about sexiness. There's an owl-headed one who seems to only, like, the only thing about it is that it has an owl for a head. It's Aww. like the Sailor Moon Squad, but stinkier and more carnivorous because they're all <laughs> hanging out in the cremation ground, just getting drunk off of blood and, and eating meat and hanging out with jackals.
0: I view them as processors. So they are processors of death and the process of yeah. death and rebirth. Just like you have vultures that process your mortal remains and turn them into something else to return you to the earth. What happens with your soul and other parts of your being that are not flesh and blood? Maybe you need these dakinis to process those parts of your soul Mm. and transform them into something else. And yes, they're to be uh, kept at an arm's distance because they are part of... The death cycle, not your life cycle. So yeah, they shouldn't be part of your regular, regular life anyway. When you die, you will meet them, I guess. So that's why they are scary and not necessarily something you want to invite into your life. But you don't denounce them in the traditional way as in they're evil and I need to get rid of them. No, they exist where they exist. They're sacred. They're revered.
1: And all of these, like, demons are just, like, you know, bad energy manifesting in, in really creative ways, I guess. I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's probably too late in the episode. But let's just put the disclaimer out there anyway. We're just speculating and having fun with this subject. Yeah. And we've seen in our other episodes how... Beliefs like this lead to, like, superstition, just irrational reactions and responses from people. So, don't believe in all this, like, with your full heart. Like, you know, dip your toes in it. Enjoy the story. Get some popcorn. But then, like, pull away and be like, meh. Whatever. You know, don't make this your life. (laughs) Don't live your life according to this. If it exists, it exists without you, without you in it and without you believing in it. You don't need to believe in it. So just consider this entertainment. Good disclaimer.
1: Well, I am slightly worried. I don't know if I've accidentally invoked something. So that's, that's all I got for demons. <laughs> Not,
0: no more. I mean, if you're lucky, you'll get the Tazmapa. <laughs> I had another question. So when you researched this part of demons, did that book mention anything about jinns? Yes, it does. Is that a demon or is that
1: a separate category? It's a demon spirit. Sometimes it's a ghost. That's the problem is that like there's a lot of overlap here. There are some things that are demonic in behavior, but they would qualify to me more as like a weird creature. Right. A mischief maker. But the jinn is more of the like Islamic tradition. Right.
0: And so as we see, all these ancient cultures have their own stories around these. They have made the effort to name them, study them, or at least create a whole persona around it, which is a lot of effort, Mm -hmm. I think, like unless it was done for pure fiction. That's interesting.
1: You you see shape-shifting a lot, so mm. I, I just have this feeling that people needed to interpret like situations, and maybe there was some oppressive feeling on top of the situation that was inexplicable, so you had to kind of give it this tangible storyline like, ah, yeah, something bad happened there. The spirit was mad. It turned into a snake and the snake came and bit me. And that's why it's like it's all connected. You have <laughs> to find those connections and
0: just filling in the blanks. Basically,
1: there's also a lot of stories about like demonic clouds,
0: demonic clouds.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's like if you see a cloud that's going in the opposite direction of the wind, that's a UFO
0: right that's a ufo under like some cloaking cloaking action <laughs> yeah that was really interesting good job on that alex thanks yeah i don't really have a i don't really have a conclusion <laughs> there's no conclusion really it's just we learned a lot today about the pishacha the uthlen, the tazampa don't forget about the bungas. Bungas, Yeah, and so now I'm excited to hear what else
1: you cover in the next episode, Alex. The ghosts and the witchcraft is going to have a little more like historical cases, like a little less myth and legend and a little more like this event happened. and uh, So that'll be interesting. Hopefully. Maybe. Let us know.
0: <laughs> Listeners, I hope you enjoyed this little expedition today into spooky spooky waters tell us what you think do you believe in demons i hope not i really hope not uh do you have any stories of demons like local folk tales or lores from your region or from your ancestral cultures back home in the village like your grandma told you stories about any demons or or nuske which means remedies like how to get rid of demons or how to Ooh, keep yeah. them away those are really fun to like listen to like the nimbu mirchi thing
1: right i was just thinking of that <laughs> yeah how to ward off evil
0: eyes those are just mm-hmm. fun um if you go to south india every home has the face of a rakshas mm-hmm. like a full-on demon the way you described it bulging eyes sometimes they have horns that form like a mask is outside almost every home to ward off evils, to ward off demons. So I'm like, what is the logic behind that? Are they like, we're already demons, so don't bother. What is the, what is the point? What are they trying to say?
1: Are you trying to scare them off or like, it's like, are demons scared of demons? Only demons can repel other demons. There's one spirit called an Iwipat that I read about. Um, and they're just like little, little bad dudes that cause a lot of sickness and sometimes natural disasters. And to keep them away, people wear banana leaf garlands or amulets of silver, hang coconuts sprinkled with rooster blood from the ceilings of their huts. And after a ritual feast, they would hang the spinal column of slaughtered pigs outside for the iwi to eat. So just... It's like kind of gr- gruesome almost. that That's what I'm questioning. Like, what is the whole point of
0: this? I think demons are attracted to those things. Right. They like things that are macabre and like uh, unsavory. Oh, yeah. Hang like a cute puppy. Like not a real one, but like a sculpture of a cute puppy. Maybe some lollipop. I love I don't know. Good things. <laughs> Maybe then the demon's like, Ew. This is not my vibe. I'm not going in that home. That home is lame. (laughs) Send me pictures or message me on Instagram with your tales. Dear listeners.
1: I also wouldn't mind hearing about some really scary ones.
0: I hope there are no scary ones. I just hope there's no like actual experience of people with demons. It's all fiction. It's not real. With that said. Uh, do you want to tell people to do, do the stuff or should I do that today? Let's let's do a switcheroo. Let's do the switcheroo. I'll tell everyone. So follow us on Instagram, Crimes from the East. You can email us at crimesfromtheeast at gmail.com. You can also support us if you can on patreon.com slash crimesfromtheeast. And we post uh, extended versions of our episodes there. So there's a lot more banter, chit chat and content on each case that I cut out for general release. So you can hear us blab a lot more on the Patreon versions (laughs) of these episodes. Um, We also have a Buy Me A Coffee account, if you just search for Crimes From The East, where you can support us on a one-time basis. So it's not like a subscription where you have to pay like, you know, two, three bucks a month. You can just do a one-time payment. If you like a particular episode, you're like, damn, I got to go and, you know, show them a little love for that episode. And you can just you know, do that for the one single time. That's totally fine too. Your support means a lot to us. It helps us pay for all the, the servers, the website accounts for the graphics and stuff like that. So thank you so much to all our supporters right now. We actually have a new Patreon this month. What? And I wanted to say thank you so much, Rita. We really thank appreciate you, your Rita. support. So thank you, Rita. Cool. Thank you. And I was thinking maybe we should read a review. Okay. And if you give us a five-star or four-star review on whatever app you listen to us on, like on iTunes or on Spotify, it shows up on our website. So if you want to be featured, make sure you give us a four-star or a five-star review. And then you go to crimesfromtheeast.com, go under reviews, and you can see our review there. How neat is that? It filters out all the crap. (laughs) <laughs> which is like nice. any other <laughs> bullshit oh, no. reviews of just bitter people who you know just can't stand to see good things in this world um so here oh i'm gonna read one of these it says new listener currently in love it says i was listening to the Hokandra horror episode as my first listen when i heard at the end and the review you read i giggled This is where we read the review, the one where the person is like, they talk too much. (laughs) My favorite review ever. Then the reviewer says, I got here from Jessica at Asian Madness. I love her pod and the fact that she covers cases that don't normally get covered by mainstream true crime. So this is exactly what we do as well. So no wonder that listeners of Asian Madness also seem to like us. We Mm -hmm. have similar... You know, styles, we cover cases that you've never heard of, really, at least outside of South Asia. And then the reviewer says, I've been searching for something similar. And you two are like if Jessica and the gals from Morbid had a baby in the East. (laughs) (laughs) You are respectful, clever, funny and empathetic. It's clear you guys take your time researching the cases and your passion for podcasting shines through. I am hooked. This is Sam. Oh, thanks, Sam. Amazing review. So we try to start and end on a slightly positive, nonsensical type of note. So it kind of prepares you and gives you a point to kind of jump off and then jump back into reality and be like, okay, that was the case. We're done with it. Let's not like dwell on it forever. Definitely. All right. Having said all of that, <laughs> I hope you do dwell on us in the next episode. Uh, you can join us again and Crimes from the East, your favorite Desi true crime podcast with a little masala, demonic, and spice. spice. Namaste. Bye. Oh, I'm going to be like one of those uh, pishachas who possesses someone and says nasty shit. Your brother puts metal food in the microwave.
1: <laughs> Evil. <laughs>
0: oh God. Bye. Bye.